game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Ottawa Senators love coming to Edmonton. They beat the Oilers 5-2 tonight. The Senators have won their last six games in the city of Edmonton and 12 of their last 14. That's right. The Senators have won 12 of their last 14 road games against the Edmonton Oilers. Tyler Ennis, an Edmontonian, the first star in the game tonight. He gets a goal and two assists. Some Tyler Ennis trivia. The only team he has not scored against now in his NHL career is the Colorado Avalanche. It was Edmonton and Colorado coming into tonight. And after about the first 17 or 18 minutes of this game, the Senators were indeed the better team. Edmonton dominated early. McDavid had a couple of breathtaking rushes, couldn't quite finish. Jujar Kara scored at 14.09 of the first. At one point, the shots were 10-1 for the Oilers. And Kara's goal was challenged for offside by the Senators. They were wrong. So the Oilers got a power play. Had all the momentum and a chance to go up 2-0. Didn't generate much on that. Ottawa stayed alive, scored two goals in 12 seconds. Just past the five-minute mark of the second period. They got another one at 11.42 of the second. Miko Koskinen, a... Well, I'm going to say a rare shaky start. Really, his first shaky start of the season. He was pulled after allowing three goals on 12 shots. The Oilers did get back in it, had life late in the second period. Power play goal by Oscar Clefbaum, and you're thinking, okay, maybe a rally in the third. Anthony Duclair said no way. Scored 90 seconds into the third period. Ottawa added another one late, uh, late. It, and it was a bizarre finish to this game where the Oilers spent almost the entire final three and a half minutes of this game on the power play. Uh, well, actually four and a half minutes uh, as Ottawa kept taking penalties, including Ron Hainsey blatantly throwing the puck out of the zone. It was already 5-2 at that point, but they, they didn't even do much to, to make you think a miracle might be possible. So full marks to Ottawa tonight. The Oilers fall to 17-10-3 on the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99. It is 10-32. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Fork. Well, Rob, I mean, this is an interesting one to discuss. The, the Oilers have lost to Detroit, Ottawa, L.A. this season, teams near the bottom of the standings. But through the, like I said, through the first, most of the first period, you didn't get the sense that, that they were taking the Senators lightly or thought it was going to be a freebie. They were all over them. Well, they came out strong. First of all, the Ottawa Senators, this was their 12th win of the season. So it's not as though... It's a freebie. You got to play your best, and if you play your best, you're probably going to beat them. I thought, and you just talked about it right there. I thought the game turned when the Oilers had a one nothing lead on the goal that was challenged, and then they got a power play after that. If they score on that power play to go up two nothing, the the Ottawa Senators bench will sink. Uh, they they just gave up two quick goals. They're a team that's lost five straight. They, they played last night, got beat pretty bad, handily by the Vancouver Canucks. That would have been the end of the hockey game, but the Oilers on that power play created nothing. Uh, that was one of, actually, if you go look over the last 10, 15 games, that might have been one of the poorest power plays they had. At least when they weren't scoring on power plays, they were getting opportunities. That one, they never got uh, a sniff. They never got a shot on net. They never moved the puck around. They never got it in. The first unit never got the puck in the offensive zone. And to me, that gave the Ottawa Senators some life because, as you said, the shots were 10-1 at the beginning of the, peri- of the first period. 
the, the Senators weathered that storm and the shots ended up 10-4. They kept the Oilers shotless over the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine minutes of that period and they had some belief in their game. When you play a team that's lower in the standings which, that's struggling, the quicker you put them out of the game, the easier it is. The longer they stay in the fight, there's a belief on that in that dressing room, a belief on that bench, and they just hung around. Their goaltender gave them the save. They weathered the first 10 minutes of the game, and they had belief going into the first period intermission, thinking, you know what, guys, we're in this. It's only one nothing. That was the best they had. And I know for a fact that's what gets said, because I've been in many games where we've been outplayed poorly, and we'll go in between periods, and we would say, okay, that's the best they have. They're not going to be as good. And the Ottawa Senators came out in the second period and they started playing better hockey. And I think they caught the Oilers off guard because the Oilers had it so easy in the first, they weren't prepared in the second. 5-2, the Senators win it. That means a $50 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They're giving $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. I do want to quickly remind you here, tomorrow is our 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous live auction day on 6.30 Ched. Each talk show is going to have a portion of the show where there will be a live auction item from inside, on Inside Sports from 6 to 7. We're going to be auctioning off a Rexall Place seat signed by Fuhr and Coffee, a couple of tickets to the game against Nashville, and a round of golf with Grant Fuhr. Ooh. Yeah, you may even bid on that, Rob. <laughs> Darn tootin' I might. <laughs> I want him as my partner, though. <laughs> Oilers fall 5-2 to the Senators. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, um, uh, it, what did you sense happened with your club in the second period there, from, from there on? It was your story on Costanen yesterday. All my fault? I saw it. When I saw it, I said, that's not a good omen. Gave up two poor goals and got them in the game. They're a desperate team. They all worked us the rest of the game. We chased the game. Just We weren't very good. First period, we were all right. Our power play wasn't very good in the first period. And then uh, we gave up those two, the two quick ones, the two both, uh, both not very good goals. The second one was poor coverage. Still not a very good goal. And then uh, chased the game from there. Just made too many mistakes. Couldn't outscore our mistakes. Leon was uh, was vocal about not playing the right way and making mistakes. Um, maybe just discuss the you know the need for for even high end players to to play the right way. Well, the high end players they have the biggest opportunity to to make a difference, right? So when they don't make good plays, like the the third goal is we got a group that's been on the ice for over a minute. We go up, we turn it over. Clef has been on for over a minute. He gets caught up the ice, and we basically give up a, an easy two-on-one and e- an easy goal, right? So there's a there's a perfect instance. Second period, you got to play and live for another day. You got to get it deep. Your D's got to get a change. They shouldn't be up the ice if they need a change. Let the puck get in. So those things like that. We've had some times when we don't do those things, and when it comes back to bite you. You got to be able to outscore your mistakes, and there's times when we haven't outscored our mistakes. Uh, Adam Larson's, uh, I mean, he missed a bunch of time. The league's way ahead of him. He's trying to catch up to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it difficult? You want to let your veteran guy play his way back up to speed? Yeah, you got it. Like, I thought he was first two or three games just all right, and then in Vancouver, he kind of took a step forward. The game in Vancouver is a tight game. So we thought he was coming, but that pair tonight uh, had a tough night. Dave, 
Dave, you talked uh, earlier this week about how the players kind of took it upon themselves and they've talked about wanting to avoid lengthy winless streaks. So they've done really good at that. But four times now against teams, and I know there's no easy nights in the NHL, but teams that you know, lower in the standings, lost a lot. Can you kind of talk about the difference there where they had a killer instinct not to allow losing streaks, but maybe haven't had a killer instinct against lower? I thought our, I thought our killer instinct was fine in the first period, but then we give up those tough goals and then we chased it, right? So it's hard to chase the game. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you give up. I think you look at the, you look at the games where we have give up goals and then us chasing it isn't as good a recipe as us working with the lead or whatever and that goes for every team you know so it doesn't matter who you play give up some tough goals you know we did it uh, last time in LA to give up that tough one end of the period and you chase the game and it's hard to chase the game if how uh, apparent or, or how much do you think you missed, you know, having two top forwards out of your lineup in Cassie and Nugent Hopkins tonight? Uh, every, everybody has everybody has injuries. You got to deal with it. We didn't miss it on Sunday night in Vancouver. Why did we miss it tonight? And you miss the guys. I mean, that's goes without saying. You miss top players or miss good players, but it's not an excuse for not winning. Uh, don't take this as a criticism of your strategy. I'm just interested in the thought process uh, late in the game with a couple of extra men, the decision not to pull the goalie. I know some coaches will in that situation. Some coaches won't. And we got we got six on three, five on three. I like our power play the way it is. You're down by two. You need to get one or two to get yourself in the game. There's no use letting them fire down the ice in the empty net. It's same advantage almost. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Oilers fall tonight 5-2 to the Ottawa Senators. Rob, some stuff to discuss there. First of all, and we kind of touched on a little bit, Miko Koskinen, who has been outstanding this season with a record of 10-2-2 coming into tonight. Now he'll be 10-3-2, and, and, and Tip said it. They didn't like the first two goals. And, and look, there's always a bad goal. Um, we haven't critique too many of the goals Koskinen has allowed certainly never two in the same game first one was kind of a jam from a sharp angle you'd like him to stop it okay it went in but then another one goes in 12 seconds later where you know he, he was down and it almost just looked like it went right through him and that, that one to me was more deflating than the first one it, it was it was deflating because it was so quickly afterwards I've watched it three or four times on on replay and I still don't know how the puck went through him and literally it looked like it did go through him all of a sudden there's a puck behind him uh, he had an off night. Uh, he, along with probably 14 other players on the team tonight, had an off night. And unfortunately, when you're the goalie and it's not your best, it's much more noticeable. And tonight it was. Uh, but having said that, the others gave up five goals. And Koskin made one or two really big saves. And Smith made about four or five really big saves. So there were too many grade-A scoring opportunities tonight for the Ottawa Senators, a team that doesn't create them on their own they were all just off of mistakes misreads uh miscommunication poor play by the edmonton oilers other action tonight of course the oilers next opponent is the los angeles kings they have lost 3-1 to the capitals as we go to the scoreboard for edmonton trailer looking for part service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com the Avalanche win 3-1 at Toronto, and the Penguins at home shut out the St. Louis Blues. 3-zip, 5-2 Ottawa over Edmonton here at Rogers Place. Uh, Tippett also touched on the, the pairing of Clefbaum and uh, Larson. Larson minus four, Clefbaum minus four. Clefbaum did get a power play goal tonight, but they had uh, an unusually high number of tough moments, shall we say. 
Uh, well, yeah, uh, the they weren't getting burnt by the Kucherovs or the Stamkoses or or the Crosbys or the Malkins. This this is a team of, of young players that work hard in Ottawa Centers and give them credit. But the mistakes that were made by Kleffbaum and Larson, uh, easily fixable, but very, very noticeable. And I mean, just go to the, the fifth goal. The puck gets dumped in by Ennis, and Larson goes back to pick up the puck and just misses it. And all of a sudden, the, the Oilers reading that there's going to be uh, an easy play for Larson, they change. Uh, Kleffbaum goes to an area to be an outlet, and when Larson misses the puck, it becomes a fire drill. And eventually the Oilers didn't have enough players back. The guys coming off the bench from the change don't get back there in time. Uh, Kleppbaum two or three times pinched at the wrong moment. They created two-on-ones and odd man breaks going the other way. So it, it was, I know that uh, Pearson was a guy that was put in the lineup on, the, on a third pairing. And, and you got the young kid Bear playing with Nurse. But that was, those weren't the problems. Tonight, the, some of the veterans, some of the, the, the star players that get big minutes were having an off night, and it showed in the scoreboard. 5-2, the Senators take it. The Oilers give up five whenever they score five. We turn on the goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That's courtesy Japanese Village. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. And if the Oilers get to five, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Look, the Oilers were in miracle territory late in the game, down 5-2. But as I mentioned, they did have a, a succession of power plays. It was it was kind of a weird sequence. Shabbat went off at 15-12. Dreisaitl went off at 15-44. Zaitsev at 16-34. Hainsey at 16-49. DeMello at 18-38. So, so the Senators had that situation where a penalty expired, but the player couldn't come back on the ice because two other players still had to serve. The Oilers elected not to pull their goalie. I, I was shocked. Honestly, I was shocked. I would have pulled the goalie as soon as they got the first power play, when Shabbat went off, I would have went six on four. Uh, it gives you a better opportunity. There's more guys for puck retrieval, more guys you can put in front of a net for a rebound. When you battle in front of a net, you got a lefty and a righty because you have both Chase on and Neil out there, and you can throw another guy in for a one-timer. But I was really surprised when it went to a four on three. And that was with three and a half minutes to go in the game. Ottawa had two players in the box. Dry settles in the box. So you're playing a four and three. Pull your goalie. Now you got a five on three. And the way it worked, and I believe this is the way it worked, that if, if they score in the five on three, the, the lesser penalty comes out. And now they still have another power play at the end. So they would have had another 50-second power play once Dry settle came out. You have an, you pull the goalie still. So I, I know that, and Ryan Rashad obviously thinks in the same vein as I did there and asked Dave Tippett about it. Yeah, I've... I, from playing on power plays and from playing at end of the games, I always like the extra man. I, we've seen it so many times when, the, when you get a six on four, it's like it, it's a shooting gallery. And I was really surprised, very surprised that they didn't pull their goalie. All right, Oilers fall 5-2. Let's head back down to their dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Game there, and secondly, on what was kind of your sense of what, what changed after the opening period? Uh, I don't know. I just just stopped playing um, the right way. You know, cheated for offense. Um, it doesn't really matter who you play. So um, if you play that way, we're not going to win very many games. A loss is a loss, but there's been a few times where you play teams where you know, kind of you were expected to win. Not that there isn't parity in the league, but teams that you should be at this stage of where you guys are as a team, and it hasn't happened. 
Yeah, it's uh, we we have to fix that. I mean, uh, you know, I thought we were okay in, in the first. Um, I thought we were the better team, but we just can't seem to find a way to play that over 60 minutes. You know, so and you know that's you're not going to beat anyone. Uh, probably not going to beat an AHL team like that. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to play your game 60 minutes, and uh, we didn't do that tonight. You you mentioned you know cheating for offense or not playing the right way. I mean, everybody knows you're trying to play the right way. What sorts of things creep in, and you know, and why do you think they creep in sometimes? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're all we're all trying to play the right way. We're all trying to score goals. We're, we all we all want to defend. It's just. You know, sometimes, like I said, we get away from our game plan, and you know that just can't happen. Like I said, you're going to lose against every team if, if you play that way. So, um, yeah, we have to figure it out and, and, and fix it. Drysaitel did get an assist tonight to pick up his 51st point of the season. He and Connor McDavid tied for the league lead in scoring. McDavid held off the score sheet tonight. 5-2 Oilers lose to the Senators. You can call us at 780-496-0063. It's the same number to text message here from Jeremy from Glendon. He says, hey guys, Ottawa isn't a skilled team, so they have to grind out their wins. They sensed when the Oilers let off the gas and took advantage. Oilers looked flat in the D zone. Ottawa had some puck luck, especially on the Duclair and Nemesnikov goals, really missing Cassian's ability to win battles and keep possession in the offensive zone. Well, actually, that was a great analysis of the game. I mean, when you win a hockey game, there's certain things that go your way, obviously, whether it's a big save, and we saw that tonight. Anderson made a couple of big saves or some good bounces. And a great example, and he talked about it, the Duclair goal, Declare had the puck on a three-on-two. He fanned on his pass, and then I think it went. To, I think it was Ennis. I'm not even sure who the player was that turned on that one. Yeah, Ennis banged Ennis. it off. The, so yeah. then Ennis tried to throw the puck on it. He fanned on it and missed the net, and it bounces back out to Declare, who throws it in front of it and goes in off Smith's pad. He, like the puck wasn't even going in. It hit Smith's pad. So three breaks on one goal, and Declare gets a big goal for for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, but at the end of the night. The team that got the better breaks deserved them. The Ottawa Senators were the better team. They, they won most battles. They won most races. Uh, they played a much more desperate game than, than the Oilers did. And uh, they, everything they got tonight, they, they, they certainly deserved. They were the better team. They, they didn't have the better lineup, but they certainly had the better team that played tonight. 5-2, the Sens take it, 780-496-0063. We'll go to the phones and welcome Phil to Overtime Open Line. Hey, Phil, go ahead. Hey, guys. I uh, watched the game tonight. Uh, two, two comments. Uh, one, uh... Oh, okay, we lost Phil. Phil, if you're out there, call back. We had you, and then, uh, and then we lost you. We want to hear from you. Oilers lose 5-2. We will hear from more of you. We'll hear more post-game reaction, including Edmonton's Tyler Ennis, who's the first star, including goaltender Craig Anderson, who beats the Oilers again. He's 12-7-1 against Edmonton in his career with five shutouts. That's all coming up. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Who gave it right back in and over the line is Tierney. He'll drop it off. One-timer blasted on net and a glove save made on Thomas Shabbat by Miko Ka- or excuse me, by Mike Smith.
the BYU's winterize Koskinen started, got pulled, gave up three goals on 12 shots. Smith went the rest of the way, two goals on 13 shots. He made three or four great saves in the third period, one of which was reviewed. Brady Kachuk, just over 11 minutes left, had an open side, shot the puck probably more back towards the middle of the net than he wanted, but still Smith came across and snared it under his blocker. And Rob, you and I were watching this, and you made a good point because as the replay went on, you kind of saw Smith deceptively twist his hand and fish the puck out of the net, and, you, and we were kind of like, oh, was that over the line? But you made a good point on a second thrust Kachuk's stick knocked Smith's blocker. So I wonder if they would have allowed it to call it a goal if the Oilers then would have said, oh, that's goal interference. interference. Yeah, it was one that you couldn't really see where the puck was underneath the, the blocker. It, it looked like it possibly could have been in, but you never saw the puck. It was a great play by Smith. And that's one of the, the big saves that we said that, I mean, Kachuk had the entire empty net. It was a nice play that they made there. He wasn't able to put the puck where he wanted it, but still put it on net. Smith comes across, but on the, as soon as the puck was underneath the blocker, there was a second attempt by Kachuk to get to the puck, and that was when his stick went at the blocker and pushed it a little bit. You couldn't tell if it touched puck or not. So I, I, I thought, you and I both saw on that one, we both said no goal, and uh, the referees confirmed it, but uh, one of the few breaks or one of the few good things that went right for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. 5-2, Ottawa wins it. Uh, just for that save alone, we'll make Mike Smith the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes. Built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options, visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. 780-496-0063. Eric says, uh, hey guys, uh, are there other options at center with Nuge out? to keep Drysettle and McDavid together. They get 65% of the offense anyway, so can't we just fill holes in the bottom nine to keep those two cats together? That is from Eric. Well, yeah, they've, they, you know, they've called up Colby Cave, I guess, to have another option, another person who can play center if Nuge isn't back soon. I mean, I, obviously he's not going to fill in the offense, but... I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll play this weekend. Um, they, they desperately need him, and this is one of the things that we talked about uh, prior to the season. The Oilers on the, the wings are not deep with offensive threats. So, and this is my why I always say that I'd have Leon playing with Con with Connor simply because if you take him away, there's not a whole lot up out there that you can reasonably expect to be productive game in game out. You've got to be able to think the game the same as as Connor or Leon when you're playing with them, and then when you get the opportunities, you got to be able to put the puck in the net. Um, we saw as the game went on in the third period, Dave Tippett realized that too, that they needed those two back together. They put them back together, created a couple of chances. I don't think there's any other options right now for the Oilers. Uh, there's nothing on the farm that's going to be able to come up and be a second-line center. Uh, you've got to, whatever you have here is what you have, and I don't think we've seen through the first... 30 games of the season, there's someone here that's capable on a consistent basis of being a second-line center other than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So I'm guessing that he will be back for Friday night's game, and that'll be a huge addition to the lineup if he is. If not, then the Oilers have got to make a decision if, if and see if they're capable of playing again with those two guys apart. I think they're much better together, and my, my coaching philosophy would be, okay, you guys are going to play together. The other nine guys don't get scored on. 
And don't, we don't care if you score a goal. Don't get score on. I'm sure that these two together will pop two for us. All right. And we get a lot of questions about when Cassie might be back as well. I mean, he, he's listed as day-to-day. -day. He did skate on his own this morning, so... Maybe he can practice soon. Maybe he's back, uh, I don't know, about Friday, maybe Sunday. You hope he's out. doesn't seem like he's going to be out a long time, but that, you know, still could be uh, another couple games or so. 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, thank you for calling. Robert, do we have you? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, oh, oh, I gotta, I've got uh, 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 I got a statement. And then I got then I got a couple questions. My statement is I think I think the Oilers to some extent tonight. I think I I think they took the Senators a, a little bit too lightly. I think when they only got out of the first up one nothing, I think maybe that maybe they were thinking, well, 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 well you know, we outshot them ten four, we got the lead. You know, all this they're, they're, they're probably not going to generate much. But uh, that being said, that that leads to my question of. Next game against LA, if if uh, if Huge uh, can't play, does uh, does the Colby Case come in, or do they leave, leave the lineup as it is? And then as uh, as the as far as the goaltending goes, do you, do you say do you think despite the fact that Smith had to come in in relief, does Smith start, or do they go back to Costa? And personally, I would uh, I would go with Smith. All right, thanks, thanks, Robert. We'll answer those. Yeah, I, to me, Smith will start. Koskinen got his two games, and I think Smith was going to start regardless of the outcome of today's game. So, yeah, I believe Smith will start. Will Cave be in? Well, there's a strong possibility with the way that the game went tonight. Uh, there are a number of players that did not have a good night. The only problem for Cave coming in, the one line that I thought played well tonight with at least a little bit of consistency was the fourth line. Haas, I thought, had a very good game with Russell and Granlin. So I wouldn't take any of the guys off the fourth line out. So now you're putting Cave in for someone in your top nine. So now you got to decide if someone in your top nine is deserving of coming out. But uh, there's always uh, a little bit of a injection of, of, of energy when you bring someone in that's going to play a little desperate. You know that Cave certainly will do that. So it would not shock me if he made it in the lineup. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And, and I, I actually think that's, what, three good games in a row now for Grandland, yep, they, they played Russell, well. and Patrick Russell? Well, that, and I know that Bob talked about it at the end of the game. He said that he thought, Bob and Jack, sorry, he thought that that was Haas's best game of the year, and I agree. He he was dangerous when he had the puck on his stick tonight. So it was a good game for that line. I can't really think, say that it was a great game for any other line for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. All right, more of your phone calls, more post-game reaction when we're back after the 11 o'clock news. Senators beat the Oilers tonight 5-2. Edmonton falling to 17-10-3 on the season. They are winless in their last three home games at 0-2-1. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. More overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford, coming up.
Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ottawa Senators have won 12 of their last 14 road games against the Edmonton Oilers. 5-2, the Sens take it tonight. Kara made it 1-0 Edmonton at 14.09 of the first. Anisimov and Brown. 12 seconds apart in the second period. Then Annis at 11.42. Koskinen was pulled. Clefbaum got one back on the power play for the Oilers. It was 3-2 Ottawa after two. Then Duclair and Nemesnikov finished it off for the Senators. The Senators did get... That, well, they did give them credit for a power play goal. They didn't at first on their uh, first goal. Their power, their power play was 9% coming into today's game. So they were one for two on the power play. The Oilers were, were one for seven on the power play. They had nine minutes and 23 seconds of power play, about half of that in the final five minutes of the game when the Senators took four penalties. Ottawa also got a penalty tonight in the first period for an unsuccessful challenge of an offside call after Kara's goal. Yeah, well, let's talk about one of the penalties, though, the Ottawa Senators took. We, we talked about Ron Hainsey before the game as a solid pro veteran well, I didn't think player. he had a good game until He had a good moment. game, but you, you're, he grabbed the puck and threw it. Like, you, it's not like he did it and there's all the refs, okay, we're going to close our eyes, you get three seconds, do something with the puck, and we're not going to notice you. Like, the puck comes and he grabs it and throws it out of the zone. I mean, that was, this game actually was still hanging in the balance. You're down three goals, but you've got the best power play in the National Hockey League that's on a five-on-three for the remainder of the game with extended five-on-three power play because there was three guys in the box and one of the penalties hadn't started yet. So just a silly penalty. Unfortunately for the others, they weren't able to take advantage of it. And tonight, and it, it's weird, I'm looking at the stars of the game right now. Um, I thought Gagne was fine for the Edmonton Oilers. But how Craig Anderson isn't one of your three stars in tonight's game, he, he was excellent and made big saves when he had to. So uh, to me, uh, the Ottawa Senators probably, from top to bottom, won every category in this game, and that's why they walked away with a 5-2 victory. 780-496-0063. We have Cam standing by. Go ahead, Cam. Hello, Cam. I'm here. Okay, sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, so start off with a uh, little bit of information, then I'm going to go to some relevant nostalgia, and then I'm going to uh, ask a question. So my first little bit of information here, Brownie, I think with the uh, penalty thing where you were talking about who comes out of the box first, I think it's always when there's multiple people in the box, if a goal is scored, the team that has been scored upon is always the first person that made you shorthanded, correct? Yep, so yeah, so the guy that had, there was a guy with 38 seconds and I think a guy with two minutes. So the 38 second guy would have come out, there would have been four on four, and then uh, the second penalty that Ottawa had was 50 seconds after dry settle, so they would have had another power play for 50 seconds after the four on four. That's why I thought if they pull their goalie and score a goal here, they're going to have another power play here for 50 seconds, pull your goalie again with a chance to score a goal. Again, this is the best power play in the NHL. That's why I was a little surprised they never pulled their goalie at the end. I would have had them for the last four and a half minutes, no, nobody in net. You needed three goals. Yeah. He may not, he just may want to be setting the tone that he's leaves it in the players' hands, not getting too cute this time of year, but is he a guy that reacts to that, at, at, you know, in key moments, or is he just, is he not 
Does he not see that stuff sometimes? Well, no. He he talked about it. He got asked afterwards, and he said their decision was they felt their power play was good enough. They didn't yeah. need to pull their goalie, and they didn't want to give them a free access to ice the puck. But to me, a six-on-three there should be no chance at all that the defending team can have time to shoot the puck down the ice if you have six guys against their three. Do these guys ever, are these, the coaching region, you know this, or Rob, you know this, do these guys have guys in their ear now? Do they have analytics and, and sort of metrics guys that are constantly looking at that stuff? Like I know in the NFL, you've got quality control guys that, you know, they don't even get acknowledged as being members of staff. Do these guys have those kind of guys in the background talking to them? No, not during the game. Not during the game. Those would be meetings they'd have at a, at appropriate okay. times throughout the year. The only person that would be in the ear during a game would be the video guy. Yeah, and, and if there's an assistant coach upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Second, second thing here, just some nostalgia, relevant nostalgia, and then I'll finish with the question. So, Shabbat to me, I would say that he is one of the most wildly talented kids I've seen in a long time. And it got me thinking about the Western League. Now, Lee, did you grow up in a Western League town, or where did you did you watch in a Western League? No, I, I I did not grow up. I grew up in a very small town, and I actually have never covered the WHL firsthand on a regular basis. Brownie, did you you watch a lot of Western League like when you were back from pro and stuff? Did you start watching a fair amount of it, or? No, uh, no, other than my father was the general manager in Kamloops, sure. so I saw a lot. I saw a lot of games in the playoffs when I used to come home at the end of my season. Okay, there you go, and a scout too, right? So, okay, so I've got Colburn, Bowmeister, Kluzak, uh, Morgan Riley. I mean, can you guys kind of add to that list? Oh, Niedermeyer, you know him obviously. Can you guys add to that list of of who would be a better Western League skater? I mean, those are the primo guys of all time. Who else would be on that list, Brownie? Niedermeyer, Kluzak, Colbert. Well, Niedermeyer and Shabbat. Well, Niedermeyer would be the best Western Hawk League skater I've ever seen. Yeah. Now, and Bowmeister would be up there, but Niedermeyer, to yeah. me, was as good as it gets. And Colburn yeah. and Kluzak were phenomenal too, right? Back in the day. Now, would you put Shabbat in that category with those guys? I would. Oh, I... I mean, it's still, I'm not putting him in with Niedermeyer yet, no. Niedermeyer is one of the greatest defensemen, I think, that has ever played in the National Hockey League and certainly the most, one of the most decorated. I mean, there isn't anything he hasn't won. Um, Shabbat has got... Shabbat, there's a lot of great young players in the NHL right now playing defense. We saw, in the last week, we saw Quinn Hughes playing for Vancouver, who's a wonderful young player. It's just starting out. Kale McCarr, oh my, I, like every time I watch him play, I'm mesmerized. And Thomas Shabbat now we've seen a couple to, couple years in a row. They, they, they come in, they, they can skate, they make plays, they got, they're confident, and they're leading their team at a young age. So, yeah, Shabbat is an excellent young hockey player. One more quick question here, if it's okay, Reed. Yeah, quick. We got Anna standing by. Okay, great. So, situational stuff. Um, who do you think is the most disadvantaged player on the Edmonton Oilers situation? Like, who is the hard luck guy, always gets the, the worst minutes? And then who do you think is the most advantaged person situationally? Like, a few years ago, Marinson took every defensive zone draw and, and those, or every defensive zone um, situation. Those. So, if you guys can remember that. Oh, matchups, you mean? Well, just who who gets the worst situations on the team, either forwards or defensemen? Who continually gets put out there in the worst situations? Well, prob- yeah. probably Shane. Yeah, but I, I don't think they consider it. I don't think they consider it worst situations. I think they are put in situations where they can have success. I think that sure. they like Shane 
in defensive zone faceoffs. Yeah, starts every penalty. He'll, kill, he'll so start that's a disadvantage. He'll start every penalty kill. So that that's his role. Um, I, I don't think that's uh, not a bad thing. Put, No, no. I just say he's he's put in more. Well, put it this way: there's offensive situations and defensive situations. Yeah. Shane and his line mates and Archibald, when he's playing with them, they play more defensive situations, and obviously Connor and Leon get more of the offensive situations, and that's the way guys, it's supposed to be. Do you guys think Leon and Connor and they're great players? Do you think those guys are? You think we're getting them and they're great? But do we get analytically enough juice for the squeeze for the Olympic guys play? Do we? They're one, two in the National Hockey League in scoring. Yeah, I think we get enough juice for the way they play. Yeah, we got to go, buddy. Thank, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. I want to take you down here to the Ottawa Senators dressing room. Scott Johnson working the room for us for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here is tonight's first star, Tyler Ennis. Well, on the back end of a back-to-back, um, did you surprise yourselves perhaps tonight? No. So I think we've been we've been good on back-to-backs uh, the second game for whatever reason this season. Um, we knew uh, it wasn't good enough uh, in Vancouver. Um, still didn't come out with our best uh, in the first, but um, we stuck with it and got the win. Uh, lots of friends and family in the stands for you. Uh, was there extra incentive here tonight? Yeah, always a little bit. I think uh, it's it's fun coming home and playing. Um, you know, everybody that uh, you know goes and plays in their hometown. It's always fun. Always got uh, you know a lot of family and friends in the stands, so it's actually my first time scoring against Edmonton. I'm pretty sure, so uh, extra special tonight. Uh, Do you have money on the board? <laughs> yeah, I had a couple bucks up there. <laughs> After the first period where you had only four shots, were things simplified for you offensively in terms of what you wanted to do? There just seemed to be more of a will and desire to get the puck to the net. Yeah, I think we we obviously didn't get enough. I think we had four. Uh, it was ten minor shots for a long stretch of the first period. So we had to address that. I think we did. I think uh, our power play in the first wasn't very good, and we addressed that. It was a little bit better in the second. Gave us some momentum at least, and that's kind of when it turned for us. The fourth goal you missed. Hit the dasher, came right out in front. That wasn't a set play, was it? <laughs> Which one was that one? Uh, was it your fourth? Uh, the was, goal. was that Vladdy's goal? Oh, Declare's goal. No, I just tried to spin and fire that. I like to say I tried to bank it to Duke coming in, but. Um, <laughs> lucky. And prior to tonight, what's the most significant goal you've scored in this city? In Edmonton? Yeah. I don't know. Probably against the Oil Kings and Junior at some point. But uh, yeah, tonight was uh, nice to get one uh, with some family and friends. Tyler, there have been a few players on the team who've gone long stretches without goals, and Connor Brown being one of them. Does, does, does everybody share in that jubilation of a guy getting out of a long slump and scoring? Yeah, for sure. He's such a, a good guy, and he's been uh, playing well. He's been generating so many chances. It's, we knew the levy was going to break. It was nice that uh, he got one, and uh, he generated a lot. Gave me a nice pass on the 2 one He was uh, probably our best player tonight. Been a first star in this building before? No, I think I've been, uh, I've struggled here. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> felt good tonight. <laughs> Is it good for this team's confidence, though, to stop that losing streak, too? For sure. I think it's big for us to, um, you know, grow as a team and consist- consistency is important. Um, sometimes you do have peaks and valleys with the young group and, and we're growing. You know, we, we had a good good stretch of games for a while there. We kind of fell off a little bit. So tonight uh, is a good step forward and, and we just have to maintain consistency and keep growing. 
That is Tyler Ennis. Big game tonight for the Ottawa Senators who snap a five-game losing streak. Prior to that, they had uh, won seven of nine. So yeah, very uh, up and down for them. They are 12-16-1 on the season. The Oilers are now 17-10-3. You see that with young teams, though. They go in streaks where things are going well. They're high on confidence. When they struggle, they struggle mightily. Uh, Tyler Ennis, very well-spoken. I've never heard him interviewed. I've, I've met him a few times over the years. Never heard him interviewed. Very well-spoken. I have not heard the word Leve in an interview before by a hockey player. It was pretty cool. And I like his, his, his candid honesty when he asked, have you ever been a star here before? I, let's just say I've struggled in this building over the years. So good on him in front of family and friends to have a big night. Unfortunately, it was at the expense of the Oilers. Senators win at 5-2. We'll bring Travis onto the show. Travis, thanks a lot for calling. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I don't know what was more painful to uh, go through there. Was it the, the glass collar or that game? <laughs> I'm a big Oilers fan, but... Uh, I uh, I just like the guy's effort tonight. It's just uh, like, is this the same team that faced uh, Washington and came back? Is this the same team that uh, went against Vegas? It's times like these when we're down a man that, you know, they got to put the team on their back. And it just seemed like they're just dragging their asses out there, to be honest. I just like, what does this team got to do? Or like, do we should add somebody. I'm pretty sure like, you know, Hall, Hall looks like an option. I don't know. What do you guys think about their effort tonight? Like, they, don't you think they're supposed to step up in times like this? Well, it wasn't a good night. They they did not play well. Uh, they played against a team that many expected them to beat. They 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 should if you just look at the standings. Uh, they came out early in the game and played well. They weren't rewarded enough, probably, for their play in the first 12-15 minutes. They just had the one nothing lead, hit three posts, uh, and then they tailed off and. Uh, it, it unfortunately happens. Uh, good teams do have bad nights, and it's how they rebound from this. So they're going to be playing against another team on Friday that they should be, should beat in the LA Kings, where they are in the standings. But yeah, it was it was a bad night. Uh, there's nothing you can say other than that, and hopefully they learn from it and figure out the fact that bad teams in the standings can beat good teams if the good teams don't show up. And tonight the Oilers didn't. All right, I, 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 I see a recurring thing though with the Oilers. Like it's when these basement team comes comes in. Like they they decide not to show up. It's like uh, they must be licking their chops when they're on these huge losing streaks, knowing that they're probably going to pop one when they come to Edmonton. It's a huge like it, it's constant. It's I don't think there's another team that plays awesome teams in a row, crushes them, and then completely wets their bed when they play a basement team. Well, they're probably, I mean, I don't even mean to be argumentative, but if you look through every team's game log, there, there probably is. So, I mean, they are, they are first in their division, so they, they've won a lot of games. I know, I love the uh, Oilers, I'm a huge you know, fan. Detroit, don't forget, Detroit beat Boston. You gotta, you gotta respect your opponent. I, I, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. The Ottawa Senators this year have beat, they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they beat, uh, trying to think they beat the san jose sharks so they beat the new york rangers so they have beaten some they beat the carolina hurricanes so they've beaten some good teams they beat the philadelphia flyers yeah. are having a and fantastic I mean, the, season the so, oilers pounded new jersey new jersey's a bad team they pounded anaheim anaheim's a bad team but i understand what you're saying you'd, you'd like them to come out and 
established a little more? I, I don't think yeah, it's Yeah, right out of the gate. It wasn't just one stride behind. It was like three strides behind. It seemed like it's too cool to try hard against these teams because it felt like someone's going to give it uh, give it their all and, and win this team, win this game for us. Uh, they're all passengers. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm, I love the Oilers, and I hope the next game, I think, I think the the money line on this next game is going to be L.A. to win because they just beat them. But I, I, I think the Oilers are going to bounce back big time in this next one. All right, we're going to finish the play with you, Travis. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. Here we go. Neil Clefbaum on your Atco Energy Power Play Unit. Atco, your trusted Alberta retail. Clefbaum will walk the line. McDavid around Connor Brown. Tried to center. Dreisaitl, shoot! Did Dreisaitl score on that play? Ah, uh, he did score. Um, yeah, did he score on that one? Well, are, well, are you we're, sure? We're asking you. Are you sh- <laughs> I can't remember. Did Dreisaitl score tonight? <laughs> yeah. Did he? I'm going to say sure? yeah. Are you positive you want to say yeah? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he didn't, actually, to be honest. Let's find out. Well, he didn't. Okay. I thought we had the rest of the highlight. That's all right. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Stay on the line, and uh, Angie can take your information. Oilers lose 5-2 to the, to the Ottawa Centers. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I get what Travis is saying, and the, the really good teams have a consistency of, of effort. But I also don't think... You know, the Oilers consciously were like, okay, 75%, that's, that's, that's good enough. Well, the Oilers did come out strong. They, they were, fan- the, in the first 10 minutes of this game, you think, oh, this might be a 6-7-1 hockey game. They, they score a goal, they hit three posts, they had their first power play. I mean, it was absolutely dominant. They didn't put the puck in the net. Uh, and then, to me, the game changed when they got the goal on the... Kara goal where they challenged it and then got the power play right afterwards and did nothing on that power play. If they score on that power play, it's 2 nothing, and all of a sudden Ottawa feels a little more tired. Back-to-back games. We've lost five straight. Maybe the will is a little bit out of their game, but when they... The Ottawa Senators buckled down on that penalty kill and killed it off and pushed forward after that. And to me, that's when the game changed. The Oilers went a long stretch at the end of the first period where they didn't get a shot on net. And Ottawa felt better going into the intermission because, you know what, we took their best punches. And, and look, we're still in this hockey game. So that, to me, was where this game changed. And after that, the Ottawa Senators, the last 40 minutes of this game, were by far the better hockey club. 5-2, the Senators take it. A couple more of your phone calls. We'll hear from the winning goaltender, Craig Anderson. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Senators down the Oilers 5-2 tonight at Rogers Place. The Senators are 4-0 in this building, and they have won their six, their last six visits to the city of Edmonton. The winning goaltender for Ottawa. And that's another thing we've been saying a lot with the Senators Cup here. The winning goaltender for Ottawa, back in action, Craig Anderson. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Bit of a layoff here for you. How did you feel going into this one and now obviously coming out? Uh, you know, felt great. Obviously at the end felt good. Um, I think the main thing was just kind of getting back into the rhythm and 
uh, you know, the timing of everything. But, uh, you know, the thing is that the nice thing about, uh, you know, playing goal is that uh, sometimes you don't need a whole lot of work in practice to get ready for the game. And I think I've proved that to myself a few years back. So it's just a matter of getting back in that mental uh, state of mind that you don't need a whole lot of practices uh, to make sure you're ready to go. First period gave you the opportunity to get back into that rhythm as well. Your team didn't touch the puck a whole lot in that first. Were you able to sort of uh, get yourself into a groove from there? Yeah, I think uh, when, when it's situations like that or the way the game played out, you don't have a whole lot of time to think. And, and that sometimes that's a good thing. And uh, you just go out there, read and react. and. Uh, you find yourself uh, just kind of getting back into the groove a little bit quicker that way, and uh, I think it helps uh, when you get a couple saves too. Um, just kind of build that confidence and grows. What did you see from your team though after that, Craig? I mean, uh, second and third, yeah, I thought we came out much uh, more determined to, to hold on to the puck and uh, you know play where everyone was on the same page. We knew that we were going to throw pucks at the net. We knew we were going to, uh, you know, so when that happens, you know pucks are going to go out the, the far side if you, if you miss the net. So we were able to retrieve pucks, uh, hem them in their zone a little bit and get some zone time, tire them out so that, uh, they, you know, the complete opposite of the first where we were in our zone, we chipped it out, they came down and threw it down our throats again. But we did that a little bit to them in the second and gained momentum and we were able to capitalize there on some uh, some good plays. Do you think he also did a pretty good job on McDavid and Drysaddle? Like they were in the, after the first period, they were almost non-factors. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, give credit to our, our forwards, making sure that they got above their speed and, and skated with them. I, th I think uh, that's a collective effort um, by everyone to, to kind of buy in, right? It's sometimes not a fun job to, to go and skate with the fastest guy in the game, but uh, I thought we did a great job. i got to ask you about this building. What about it? It's the city. It's the city. It's not just a building. It's a puck in any building, but uh, what about this one? A little something-something. I don't know. Patty Wall once told me they loved going to San Jose because he never lost. Um, I don't think that completely applies here. I'm not Patty Wall, and this isn't San Jose. But um, every 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 goalie, I think, has uh, you know a, a, a team or a building that, that they feel most comfortable in, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just kind of the way things play out, and um, you know, no different here is that uh, you know I think the guys get you know, we get some run support tonight. We get five goals. Uh, you should win the game. Thank you. Craig Anderson, winning goaltender tonight. Senators beat the Oilers 5-2. He made, and this is one of those late in the game, it was 5-2. It was like I said, the Oilers were in Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary territory. But Drysdale got his one-timer off, mm -hmm. and Anderson made a great save on it. Yeah, there's a couple saves he made at the very end, but that one, normally when the puck gets through, the, the one way you stop the, the dry settle one-timers, you get your puck stick in the lane and you deflect it. But normally when the puck does get through, you're counting it as a goal because uh, he, he's got so much power on it and he hits the net every time. Rarely do you see dry settle miss the net on a one-timer. So for Anderson to get across quick enough and square up to it and make that save uh, just shows you he was, he was dialed in tonight. He was, to me, one of the stars of the game for the Ottawa Centers and a reason they came out of here with two points. All right, we will bring Tony onto the show. Tony, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Um, how's it going, boys? Good. So I have a few comments and uh, maybe a question for Rob. So my comments are, when I was watching the power play tonight, even during that, you know, about six-minute stretch where, you know, it's penalty, it's penalty, it's penalty towards the very end of the game, all I saw was passing, passing, passing. Like, there's a few shots, but it was just mostly passing. And when there was a shot, it was blocked and then sent down the other way. Um, another one was with, um, ah, 
What was I going to ask again? Sorry. I, I, I've been trying to think about these because, I don't know, it's just, it seems like, you know, every time we, every time we have a bad game, it's always, a, it's always a teaching lesson. And I want to know why it's a teaching lesson. Like, you know, we're not, you know, a team like Ottawa, a team like Detroit, we're supposed to be beating these guys because, you know, we're beating teams like Vancouver, but we're not beating them. And I just don't understand why it's supposed to be a teaching lesson. Like, I don't know if, it, I don't know if Tepe said that tonight. I wasn't really paying attention. But well, it's, it's a teaching it's a, lesson. When when you anytime you fail at something, you learn a lesson from it. That's why it's called a teaching lesson. So tonight they didn't get the, the the success that they wanted. So you learn from it. You try to figure out what you did wrong tonight, so that you don't make the same mistakes the next time. So I mean that's why it's called a teaching lesson. As far as beating the Ottawa Senators have won 12 games this year. We just talked about some of the teams that they have beaten. They beat some good hockey clubs. The LA Kings come in on on Friday again near the bottom of the standings, but they have beat some good hockey clubs this year. This isn't uh, the 1980s. A bad hockey club in the 1980s didn't beat good hockey teams. But the parity in the National Hockey League is much better now. And if you don't play your best and the other team gets a break here or there, you can lose to anyone in the National Hockey League. And the Oilers found that out tonight. And the teaching lessons they're going to get out of this, they're going to watch in video and say, okay, you can't pinch here. You can't turn the puck over there. You can't be in this position defensively when the puck is over there. There's going to be more teaching moments in this game because the Oilers made more mistakes than they normally do. So that's why the coaching staff will have a heyday when it get the, the video out and they'll be able to show them where they made their mistakes. The Oilers 17-10-3. They, they are first in the Pacific Division by a point over Arizona. Arizona does have a game in hand. Vegas is three points behind, like the Oilers have played 30 games. It's... It, this has been a really good start to this. Well, and I've said Excellent before, we're, we're, not, we're not in the start. We're into the yeah. middle part of the season. The Oilers are, are first in the Pacific. I don't know if they're going to stay, stay there. They have exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody texted in, do you still think they're going to make the playoffs? Well, actually, preseason, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. <laughs> but when you're first in the division 30 games in, the, the percentages of the past say you got a good shot. You know, you got about a 75% chance of, of making the playoffs if you're in at American Thanksgiving. But having said that, despite this positivity, as we all know, this is an Oilers team that is not used to being in this position and that is not used to being the favorite and is not used to being in the this part of the stand. I mean, even, even when they had a really good year uh, and made the playoffs in 16-17, they weren't leading the division most of the season. They were second or third uh, most, of the divi- most of the year. So I, I think that their their record might be better than what probably Holland and Tippett might have expected in terms of where they are in, in terms of their development. Oh. And, and like I said, with Boston, Boston's record is 23-5. and five. Boston has played 28 games. On three occasions have they not recorded at least a point. And what did Tippett say after they lost to the Sharks? It was an immature performance. Mm-hmm. Because the Oilers have not been a really, really good team for an extended stretch of time. Because as a group, they haven't been in that position yet. That's part of the experience that you hope that they're getting. But uh, that experience like Boston, like Washington, and some other elite teams already have. Washington's 21-4-5. and (laughs) They're good. You know, so... 
I, 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 I get the frustration after a game like this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse it or, or, or anything like that. It's a disappointing game. But our, our, I mean, look, the Oilers have missed the playoffs 12 of the last 13 teams, 12 of the last 13 years. And now we're expecting that because they've had a good 30-game segment, they should beat every bad team every time. They're not there yet. No, they aren't. And also the fact that let's just wipe out all the games. Let's just look at their record and just say, was anyone here expecting them to have this record at this time of the season? Let's not think about tonight's game or who they beat or who they haven't beat this year. Were anyone expecting it on September the 1st that on December the 5th or whatever it is, 4th right now, that the Oilers would have this record and be leading the division? I don't think there'd be anybody out there that would say that. So let's, it, this is a, it's, it's a ride. It's a roller coaster ride. There's going to be ups and downs. The Oilers are are not the Boston Bruins. They're not the Washington Capitals. Those teams do it year after year after year. The Oilers haven't. The Oilers have had a great run, and they're experiencing this for the first time. Teams get up for the Oilers now. Teams are prepared for the Oilers now because this is now a team that's at the top of the division. So this is, to me, it's it was a bad game, and I don't I don't expect when the Oilers play every game that they should that they should beat that team. I expect now, though, for the first time in a lot of years, that they should be in every game with a chance to win. And I didn't believe that last year, and I didn't believe it the year before that. But this year, I believe because of goaltending, because they've worked on their depth, and their specialty teams are good, they should be in every game and have a chance to win. And I believe that's still true. 5-2, the Senators able to beat the Oilers tonight. We have Wes on the phone line. Wes, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, I got a couple of comments about Leon Dreisaitl, and you tell me if you guys agree with me. I think he's a great, skilled hockey player, but I'm seeing a lot of the Leon Dreisaitl of old where he coasts, where he doesn't put his head down, where he's not skating back. And is that something we need to expect from him? I I, I don't see that. I, to me, he's the Oilers' best two-way player, and, they, and he will have off nights. Uh, and tonight was an off night as well as a, mo- a lot of the guys, but no... I mean, this is—he's tied for the NHL scoring lead. So I got he's no been, problem with his scoring. It's his defensive play that we've seen a bunch of that the last five or six games. When he first came into the league, he seemed to be a little lazy. He didn't put his head down and skate back. We've seen that again starting to come out. It looked like it to me that he's not as involved in the defensive end as he should be. I, I, I disagree. I, honestly, I do. Yeah, he will have bad games. I, I give you that, and today was one of those. But he's a plus player on a team that's mainly minus, and he's leading the National Hockey League in, in, in points. I've got, uh, I've got no problem with what Leon Dreisettle's done this year at all. All right. Did you have something else, Wes? No, I'm good with that. I just... From what I've seen, like, I watched some of his plays today and some of his sloppy giveaways and that, and we're just wondering if he's getting back to being lazy and that's why he's giving the puck away and not skating and not working as hard as he could have been. Yeah, well, you know what? I will say this. I, was Leon Dreisaitl lazy when he was a younger player or was he inexperienced? What do you think? Could be inexperienced. Yeah. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Ottawa Senators. Quick look ahead to Friday. Los Angeles Kings. Oilers outplayed them here in the second game of the season, but it was a close game because Smith had a couple gaffes in that one. They ultimately won. And then uh, the Oilers were awful in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the LA Kings are not a good road team. 
they're a team that is kind of in a in disarray because they've they want to rebuild, but they can't because they pay too much money to too many older players that they can't get rid of. But for some reason, the LA Kings seem to get up against the Edmonton Oilers. They got some proud players that have had fantastic careers, like Drew Doughty, who loves playing against Connor McDavid, Anzi Kopitar, who for, for years was one of my favorite players. I love the way he played. Now he's getting up there in age as well, but we saw the last time these two teams played, he was excellent. Uh, Dustin Brown, who's on the back end of his career, but the last time they played was very good too. So this is a, a game again that the longer LA sticks around in the game, the the more confidence they have, the more belief that they can win a hockey game is. So the Oilers need to come out the same way they did tonight against the Ottawa Senators. They need to do that again Friday, but they need to keep it going. They need to be rewarded. Uh, and if they do that, they, they should win that hockey game. But again, they, they have players on the LA Kings that have won Stanley Cups. They know how to win hockey games. The Oilers have got to somehow come out and rebound from tonight's last 40 minutes and play the game that we saw against the Vancouver Canucks, play the game that we saw in San Jose. If they play with that effort, then they should come out with two points. All right, 5-2 Ottawa, the final. They have won six straight on the road against the Oilers and 12 of their last 14 in Edmonton. Incredible stat. You can get more on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer back at 630ched. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. We've been live in Studio 99, overtime open line, presented by Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.